You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for The Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Come on in the studio, Tommy. Have a seat right there. I've, uh, you know, we give away these great prizes every Friday morning, courtesy of the uh, T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery and University Mall. And Tommy drove all the way down from Huntsville to pick his up in the morning. We're going to visit with him in just a second. But uh, first, this is the Gary Harris Show. Welcome in. I'm your host, Gary Harris. With you the next couple of hours, talking sports and more here on the Big Tide 100.9 FM. Of course, Justin Jones, my main man right there on the other side of the glass, manning the controls, taking your phone calls on the first and main condos hotline at 205-342-9904. Noah Haynes has been in since uh, the wee hours uh, of the morning. Heck, man, he's it's dark when he gets in, but he's uh, still hanging out with us. we got a good show on tap. We'll run it down here for you in just a second and tell you what it's going to be about uh, this morning. But first, I need to tell you, as always, this hour of the Gary Harris Show being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union, member-owned and not-for-profit. It's just a better way of banking. I encourage you to find out more at alabamacreditunion.com. That's alabamacu.com, and uh, go visit there, and uh, they'll tell you right there on the website, show you everything that they've got to offer. Of course, you can go by and see them at one of their many locations around the state of Alabama, also a location in Pensacola, Florida. And uh, we're thrilled to uh, have the Alabama Credit Union as part of the Gary Harris Show, and that's been a case for the long, long time. Remember, alabamacu.com, Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Some rules and restrictions do apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. Ample extra change in your pocket. All right, Tommy, you timed it out. Turn around there and talk into that mic. Get about get about right here. Yeah, not too close, but about right there. And I probably should be doing this with a lot of the winners when they come back because a lot of the folks there are like Tommy. They're from out of town. They listen on the app or they listen online. A year from Huntsville, right? That's correct. And uh, been listening to us for a while. And I assume probably trying to win one of these uh, contests for a while, huh? Oh, yeah. I, I've been trying for at least the last month. All right, Tommy uh, and I talked yesterday. He won this past Friday uh, the Roman Harper Hay Vols print from Greg Gamble uh, commemorating the 2005 Alabama-Tennessee game. Six to three win for Alabama. And if you remember that game, uh, it was a defensive struggle, obviously, but Bama was up 6-3. Tennessee was going in for the game-winning touchdown late in that game, and Harper uh, made an unbelievable hit, uh, forced a fumble. Alabama recovered, and... uh, uh, went on to win that game 6-3, to three, and that's what we gave away courtesy of T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery in the University Mall. You remember that game pretty well? Yeah, I do. I watched that game at uh, Bob Baumhauer's Wings here in Tuscaloosa. Did you really? And that place erupted when that play happened. Oh, it sure did. It was it, it was a, it was one of the most fantastic plays right at the goal line. Yeah, uh, Tennessee, the bat was one in for the touchdown. They were about to win the game. That was a different time because you had had uh, Coach Stallings had a great run there, seven years, 70 wins, national championship, SEC championship. Mike DeBose won an SEC title in 99, but he was fired uh, late in the 2000 season. Coach Fran came in from two years. I had a really good year in 2002. Then Mike Shula, 2003, 2004, very up and down. But 2005, I think a lot of people um, – Forget that Alabama was nine and zero going into that uh, 
uh, LSU game that that year. And, you know, Pro Throw had gotten hurt against Florida. They had beaten Florida. They beat Tennessee for the first time. Uh, well, Fran beat them once, but but Tennessee had had the upper hand in that rivalry. But it wasn't like it is now where you just expect to win every year. That 2005 season, uh, they wound up 10-2 and two, um, and lost LSU in overtime. The most disappointing part of that season, though, was after that great year, they went down to Auburn and got uh, – got handled pretty well and that was uh the the hawk if you've uh sacked brody game remember that one tommy <laughs> yeah, i do i watched yeah. that on tv yeah but tommy drove all the way down this morning told me must have got on up early told me you could get here by between 10 30 and 11 and i got in the i got in the building tommy's texting me i'm here so um but anyway that's going to get that thing framed and uh in fact i've got one of them i've got a print down at uh frame shop right now from t-town menswear t-town gallery that i'm getting framed i need to remember to get by and pick it up but get that baby framed and put it in your bama room and uh i know you'll enjoy it yeah, that's a really pretty. That's a, it's a nice print. Very good. Yeah, it is. It's just got to be yeah. got to be rolled out and flattened out, and uh, you know, then gotten in the gotten that, in the frame. Greg Gamble, he's a he's a really good artist. He's good. He's good. Did he sign it over there to the left? He sure did. Yeah, he's a terrific yeah. artist, and as I said, that's going to look great uh, in your Bama room. Well, thanks for coming, driving all the way down, Tommy, to pick it up, and. and uh, Right. You know, have a great have a great day. I guess you're going to probably, while you're in town, grab you some breakfast or something, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'll probably drive around campus because I, yeah. I hadn't been in town in a few years. Well, it's a pretty day. Visit up, man. Well, thank you for coming by, Tommy. Congratulations on that uh, on that print, my friend. Thank you very much, Gary. All Appreciate right. it. Appreciate you. And we'll try to, when these winners come by, if they come by during on the air, we'll try to visit with a few of them. But uh, let's get back to the show. This is what we've got on tap for today on this Tuesday, October 25 edition for 2023. Matt Coulter on NASCAR coming up at 930 this morning. Then the Bama Recruiting Report. We'll talk football and basketball with Joseph Hastings coming up at 1030. We I mean, were so busy yesterday with phone calls. I mean, we were jammed. We didn't get to get to the uh, Nick Saban audio, but he did speak to the media prior to the uh, appearance he made Monday at the... Monday morning quarterback club over at the Harbert Center in Birmingham. We've still got that audio for you. So we got a jam-packed show. We're off and running here on the Gary Harris Show. This is the Wednesday edition. When we come back, we're wide open for phone calls on the First and Main Condos hotline, 205-342-9904. We will also uh, get to some news and notes from the sports world. The NBA started last night. Of course, the World Series is set, and uh, we'll run all those down, all those news and notes for you when we come back as well. As I said, we'd love to get your phone calls on the First and Main Condos hotline, 205-342-9904. This is the Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Another warm day today. Lots of sunshine, the high 82. Tonight, fair with the low at 61. Or tomorrow and Thursday, we stay warm and we stay dry. The sky partly to mostly sunny both days. Highs between 81 and 84. I'm James Spann of the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 65 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Since 2011, Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sports events with big screen high definition televisions both dining rooms at the bar and outside on the beautiful patio come by and say hello to kim and lisa the billy's management dream team billy's good food good friends and good time tuscaloosa's old colony golf course is an 18 hole championship layout designed by 1976 u.s open champion jerry pate director of golf john gray and fitting specialist bob montgomery are pga certified 
Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. Old Colony is operated by Para. If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of The Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9. 9 13. Welcome back to The Gary Harris Show. Like I said, it was. Uh, um, Tommy from Huntsville timed it out where he got here right when the show started. So I went ahead and put him on the air a little bit. And, uh, cause I have people ask me all the time about the contest. And I, I told you, I don't, I'm not shipping anymore because we tried shipping last year and it just, it's just, I'll be honest with you, it's too much trouble. So we either have people come here to the, the station and pick it up. Or we will make arrangements sometimes if they're at a game, I'll, I'll get them to them. But we get everybody, we do everything we can to get everybody their prizes. I want people to know that. And and uh, we're called up now because we had to get uh, Mailman Jerry his football. Uh, but a relative of his, Matt, came by and picked up the uh, Jalen Milrow, uh, Alabama Rays lettering football yesterday. And then Tommy picked up his uh, Greg Gamble, uh, Hay Vols print. So we're called up. Everybody's gotten their prizes uh, for this season. And uh, we'll do another contest on Friday, uh, courtesy of T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery in the University Mall. We're going to get to phone calls in just a moment. First, though, as I said, uh, some news and notes around the sports world. The World Series is set. And uh, how many people had the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Texas Rangers <laughs> going into the postseason? Probably not many. I mean, uh, this Arizona team, I had them getting swept by the Dodgers and uh but they they beat the Brewers a division champion in the wild card round then they swept the Dodgers and then they were down two nothing to the Phillies three two to the Phillies and won the last two games uh in Philadelphia which is an amazing accomplishment we saw what the Phillies did to the Braves and they won it four to three they're going to be an underdog in the World Series as well but that's probably fine with them again I don't think they won but like 84 85 games and uh which is just um really impressive accomplishment to uh, barely get in to the to the playoffs and uh, yeah they went 84 and 78 they had the worst record of anybody that uh, that made the postseason they won 84 games and um um beat the twins i should say i think it said the brewers because brewers are the national league beat the twins a division champion and then they beat, uh, or I'm sorry, beat the, beat the, beat the Brewers. I'll get it right. I'll <laughs> get it set here. Beat the Brewers, uh, beat the Dodgers, and then beat the Phillies. And they're going to the World Series to take on the Texas Rangers, uh, a team that won 90 games, um, you know, which is a pretty good number. But it's not like, you know, we had the Orioles that won 101, the Rays won 104, Dodgers won 100. Um, you know, Tampa Bay Rays won 99. 
and all these teams uh, had early exits. So it just goes to show you that over 162 games, uh, it's one thing to be the best team in baseball, but it's all about what you do in the postseason. That's what people remember. And the Diamondbacks are going to the World Series for the first time since 2001. Of course, that was the 9-11 World Series between the Yankees and the Diamondbacks. And uh, now they're back. And that's an amazing accomplishment for a team that, um, you know, was really an afterthought most of the most of the regular season and just battling to get that last uh, playoff spot, you know, against uh, uh, against the Cubs and against the Reds and against the Padres, uh, teams that weren't thought to be, you know, elite. Uh, and again, the Braves won 104 games and, and got knocked out in the divisional round. So, um, as I've said before, Atlanta is a model of consistency in the regular season. Great organization, but they've struggled to get it done. They've struggled to win the World Series. I know they've won two, but two in uh, you know, a period of, of 21 division championships since 1991 and several more wild card bursts, and just to have the two World Series is a little bit disappointing. But congratulations to the Rangers and the Diamondbacks. That will be your 2023 World Series matchup. So there you go on that. Alabama football uh, continuing to prepare this spy week. They'll take some time off here at the latter part of the week. The players will get get a weekend off, and uh, they're looking forward to that. I know that. As I said, we're going to visit uh, with Nick Saban as far as uh, his comments from Monday morning's appearance at the uh, Monday morning quarterback club over in Birmingham coming up in just a little bit. Right now, though, let's jump out on the uh, first and main condos hotline and welcome Joseph to the show. Hey, Joseph. What's up, Gary? What about them Phillies? Man, I tell you what, they went down last night, and uh, I didn't see that one coming. I thought after they handled the Braves, they would walk right through the Diamondbacks, but the Diamondbacks uh, proved what the Phillies proved to the Braves, that it's all about the postseason, man. It's a whole different deal. If you just get in, uh, you know, a team with 84 wins is going to the World Series. Hey, I was so happy to see that, Gary. I, I trust you. I, I'm a Braves fan through and through, and I did not want to see the Phillies go to the World Series. Well, they didn't. They didn't. And I think that's the way most Braves fans feel. I think they're happy that uh, if Atlanta's sitting at home for the World Series, so are the fighting Phils. Yeah, that's why it should be. Hey, Gary, do you know the line on the Alabama LSU game yet? Yeah, I saw something earlier. Of course, the official, uh, it'll be updated this weekend, but I think it's right around a touch, right around seven points. Let me see if I can find it, though. I hadn't really, since it's next week, I hadn't really paid much attention to it. Um, all right, something I saw. No, that's uh, that's last year. Um, let's see if I can find it. You know, the one that'll really come out on Sunday will be the one for. Uh, let's see here what it says. Did we lose Joseph? Or Joseph is gone, but I'll try to pass along that spread for. Um, you got it. You got it, Justin. Yeah, I'm seeing uh, from Caesar Sportsbook. Alabama is at four and a half. Okay, well, that's, uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I just saw, too. Yeah, four and a half, which is a, when you're talking about Alabama at home, that's a pretty low uh, point spread. So, yeah, four and a half is the spread right now for Alabama and LSU. So, um, got Joseph back. All right. Yeah, Joseph, it's four and a half. The line right now is Alabama minus four and a half. Hey, Gage, I think Alabama's going to win that game, man. I'll be honest with you. Um, I think that's not going to be close. 
Uh, I think Alabama wins, no problem. They're not the team I'm worried about, Gary. The team I'm worried about is in Atlanta. Yeah, you told me that yesterday, but as I said, I, I don't think you worry about you got to get there first, and that's the key. And if uh, you lose this game to LSU, <clears throat> LSU's going to control its own destiny. They'll have both have a loss in the division, but LSU will have the tiebreaker. So this is the big one. And, uh, you know, you worry about Georgia if you're able to get there. You know, Georgia's got work to do. I mean, they've got uh, – they should beat Florida this weekend in Jacksonville, but they've got Missouri. Uh, they've still got Ole Miss. So they've got some, they've got some tough games too. So, it, you know, I, I don't well, think you worry about – about the championship game until you know you're going. Well, I mean, the reason I say I think we're going to beat LSU, Gary, because their defense is atrocious. And but I mean, our offense hasn't been very good either. I mean, but that's what, that's the only concerning part about it. But their defense is atrocious. Well, hopefully, but Alabama I, will have some success on offense and can slow them down a little bit because their offense, as you said, is very very good and uh, it's the best in the conference. And and Jaden Daniels, in my opinion, is a Heisman candidate. He's having a marvelous year, and yeah, they can cause you some problems. So Alabama's defense is going to be tested, and then the offense is going to need to score some points. But they're at home. Uh, they got payback against Tennessee for last year. They're looking for payback against LSU. And, of course, next week we'll dive into that game full speed. Hey, thank you, Joseph, right. for the phone call. And one I, more thing. Go ahead. Before, before I go, Gary, it's going to be the best offense in the SEC versus the best defense in the SEC. That's what this game's going to be about. I agree with that. Thank you, buddy. Thanks for the phone call. Let's uh, keep it moving here. 921 on the Gary Harris Show. If you want to join us, you can as well on the First and Main Condos hotline at 205-342-9904. Yeah, four and a half. I... You know, I do the point spread picks every week, and, of course, I'll do them on Friday. Uh, what did I wind up saying? I went last week. I think I went 3-2. and two. Um, Yeah, 3-2 and two last week. So, I had a winning week. Alabama, of course, doesn't play until next week, and I hadn't really thought much about the point spread, but that shows you right there, um, you know, how this this game is viewed and how the odds makers view it, that they've got to set this spread a little bit lower to get some, you know, get some an equal amount of play because LSU has uh, – lost twice but they've come on and it's very rare that Alabama plays anybody at home and is only a four and a half point favorite well are we going to see this line change at all I mean since it is a bye week we're two weeks out oh I think you could yeah I think that uh, once you get through this weekend uh Justin then this you know a lot of places uh, or a lot of these makers won't even take a a game until the week of the game uh now i know probably the the sports books out of vegas and some of these online books will but yeah you'll see the money start coming in on one side or the other on sunday and that line will be adjusted one way or the other depending on just knowing how the public bets on alabama usually uh, a lot of people that see, wow, Alabama's only four and a half. I would expect the line to go up a little bit, to be honest with you. I don't know for sure. That's just my guess. I think there'll be a lot of people out there that will say, wow, Alabama's only four and a half at home. I'm taking Alabama. So we'll see, though. But, yeah, I, it, you know, it'll be adjusted based on the amount of money that comes in. Uh, but that's, uh, as I said, we got to get through this week first. And I always like to do this middle of the week anyway and run down the schedule for uh, the upcoming weekend. Again, no Alabama game. So I think that slowed things down just a little bit. Everybody's kind of catching their breath here in Tuscaloosa. But it's a busy weekend for SEC football. Uh, some people, you know, quite a few people still on buys, Alabama and LSU. But we've got another one of those weekends where it's all SEC versus SEC. And that makes it fun. Uh, we've got... Um, Ten teams in action, four on buys, but they're all playing each other. Here's your schedule. Of course, the big one down in Jacksonville between Florida and number one ranked Georgia. That's going to be the 230 SEC uh, game of the week. And um, that's um, the situation 
there, and I'm getting text people calling in. Let me see what this is because this is something in regards to something I just said. Um, yeah, and I see what Curtis just texted me about old Miss beating LSU, and I understand that. So, yeah, if they all finished, uh, if LSU were to beat Alabama, but Alabama won out, LSU won out, and Ole Miss won out, then you'd have a three-way tie, and we'd go to a different type of tiebreaker uh, with one game. Of course, the best thing to do is for Alabama to beat LSU. Alabama beats LSU, then they've got the tiebreaker over LSU, over Ole Miss, basically a two-game lead with two games to play. So they would be in good shape. But if all three teams finish with one loss, uh, then yeah, we'd have a unique uh, we'd have a unique tiebreaker. But getting back to the schedule for this weekend, as I said, Georgia and Florida, that's the CBS SEC game of the week, 2.30 Central Time on Saturday. South Carolina is at Texas A&M. And you talk about a couple teams that need a win. Uh, the Gamecocks and the Aggies. Of course, the Aggies coming off a bye. South Carolina um, got hammered uh, pretty good um, by Missouri. So you've got South Carolina and Texas A&M. That is an 11 o'clock a.m. kick on ESPN. Mississippi State is at Auburn. That's a 2.30 game on the SEC Network up against Georgia and Florida. Tennessee at Kentucky, 6 o'clock on Saturday night on ESPN. That's a game to watch. Uh, Tennessee trying to bounce back. Kentucky, of course, a um, couple weeks ago got hammered by Georgia. And you've got um, Vanderbilt and Ole Miss. That is a 6.30 game in Oxford on the SEC Network. So that's your schedule for uh, this weekend. So uh, you've got a lot of teams that, as I talked about in the, the preseason, everybody has high hopes going into the season. And then for some teams, um, the best part of the season is is the preseason early on because they quickly lose hope. And one of the biggest disappointments this year has been South Carolina. Uh, obviously, Arkansas, too, even with Arkansas' schedule, I don't expect they think they expected to be winless in the SEC. But for South Carolina, this was a team that had high hopes coming off last year. They're 2-5 and five overall, 1-4 and four in the SEC. And, um, you know, they lost their opener to North Carolina, but still that was a non-conference game. And then they played in week three after beating Furman in week two. In week three, they played at Georgia and played a really competitive game. I think led that game at halftime or were tied and wound up losing 24-14. And you thought, well, this South Carolina team is, is going to be the real deal. Then they played Mississippi State and got lit up by Mississippi State offense that hasn't been very good, but they won the game. They won the game 37-30. So still, they were 3-1 and overall. They were 1-1 one and one in the SEC. And then, you know, the, the bottom has fallen out. They got hammered at Tennessee. They lost a game at home against Florida that they should have won. And that's the game that, you know, Shane Beamer broke his foot when he kicked something after the game. And then they went to Mizzou this past weekend. And as I alluded to, they got, they got worn out 34-12. So now all of a sudden, you're scrambling to get to get bowl eligible, um, they've got the game at A&M, and then they host Jacksonville State. And that's no game for South Carolina to take lightly. I'm telling you, Jacksonville State is capable of going on, going into Columbia and winning that game. Then they've got uh, Vanderbilt at home. They host Kentucky. And then they host Clemson. So they finish with four straight home games after this road game at A&M. The good news is they finish with four straight home games. But if they um, lose at A&M, then they would need to win all four of those to get bowl eligible. So they're, they're 
challenge to get bowl eligible. And they're the biggest disappointment in the league to me, just based on preseason expectations. Arkansas is a, a disappointment, too. Uh, even though Arkansas has had a tough schedule to be 2-6 and six and 0-5 and in the SEC, uh, that's not what they signed up for. I think Arkansas fans felt like that they would probably be at least 4-4 uh, four and four at this point and uh, not be 0-4 in the SEC, but that's where they are. And, of course, fired uh, Dan Enos, their offensive coordinator, following the loss, the brutal loss to Mississippi State when they only scored three points. And so they're on bye this week. They close it out going to Florida, hosting Auburn, hosting FIU, and hosting Missouri. So they've got three straight home games to finish the season as they played a bunch of road games early too, but they're in trouble there in Fayetteville. All right, that's a look at the weekend schedule. It's 929. When we come back, we're going to dive into NASCAR with Matt Coulter and the NASCAR Report coming up next on the Gary Terry Harris Show on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Patterson Comer is a national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes. The flags go up. Churning and burning. They yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Burning fast on an empty tank, reckless and wild. They All right, here we go. The, the NASCAR report with Max Bolter from Big News Sports and the uh, Matt Lars podcast. And we are, boy, we're getting right there to the nitty gritty now. And had a really interesting race this uh, this past Sunday, man. It was a really good one, um, down to the wire. And Christopher Bell punches his ticket to the final four, holding off Ryan Blaney. And Blaney's actually in pretty good shape now in the points as we're uh, we're down to one more race and then it's the cut down to four and then it's the championship race in Phoenix they race a, a iconic track Martinsville this coming Sunday so uh, a lot to cover Matt Coulter is with us to break it down good morning Matt how are you Gary life's pretty good huh yeah it's 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 good uh, loving the weather I wish it was a little bit cooler but I'm not going to complain with this uh, with this Indian summer that we're having but Christopher Bell's not complaining because at Homestead Miami on Sunday he looked like he might basically be out of the thing but a lot of interesting you know things happened in that race and the next thing you know Bell's in the lead and and uh, taking the checkered yeah, he made a really nice move late past William Byron. That's not an easy task. And he goes on to take the checkered flag and a trip to victory lane. And he was kind of on the outside looking in. Sure he was. He needed not just to finish well. He needed to win. And by golly, he did it. And, you know, I, I think we all looked at the uh, the Tyler Reddick and the Ty Gibbs as these uh, the young bunch. Christopher Bell's not very old either. No, I think it was maybe, is he 25, 28, maybe at the yeah. oldest? Yeah, but, you know, he still looks like he's walking to class. Yeah, he uh, sure does. But he's not, he can win anywhere. And we, you and I have talked about yeah, this before. Yeah, we have. The yeah, he's 20, 28. I just looked it up. He's 28, Matt, okay. but you're right. He, wow, he, he looks 16. So he's just right up there with <clears> Blaney and, uh, Ellie, I guess. Yeah. Just a little bit younger than that. Anyway, he can race on an oval. He can race on a road course. He can race on a short track. In fact, he wouldn't be the worst pick this weekend as he won this race at Martinsville a year ago. So we'll get to the picks later. But yeah, uh, Christopher Bell has 
locked himself in for the championship. He sure has, and we got one more race uh, before we cut it down to uh, to the uh, four final drivers that will race at, at Phoenix for a chance to win the championship, and it's going to be at Martinsville. So uh, they've done a pretty good job of working in uh, during this playoff some of the, the traditional tracks with some of the new tracks. You know, they've tried the Roval. I mean, it, it's been a good mixture of tracks, and, of course, uh, there's uh, a lot of guys that are veteran drivers that um, – I know we're looking forward to, to Martinsville, even if they're not in the points chase for a chance to win a race. Right. Yeah, you know, everybody wants the grandfather clock, and everybody <clears> wants <throat> to go get one of those Martinsville hot dogs. There's a lot of tradition. I was just looking this up while I was trying to figure out who to pick. Martinsville's first race was in 1949. How about that? That's just pretty incredible. It was won by the Hall of Famer Red Byron. Wow. Um, and that's just cool stuff. I love that track. I love its history. And you make a great point. You know, there are eight guys out there that can do just about anything within their, you know, within their grasp to win this thing. But don't count out the, the other guys, particularly the veterans that aren't by chance in the chase. They're going to want to run for the checkered flag, too. So it's going to make for a really cool Saturday, Sunday afternoon. The other big winner um, on Sunday at Homestead, Miami, was uh, was Ryan Blaney. Because the week before, remember he had gotten the points DQ. taken away. Yeah, DQ'd. Yeah. And then they revisited it, and he got the points put back. And then his... Um, his second-place finish vaulted him into the top four. So you've got uh, Byron, Bell, Blaney, and Larson. Of course, uh, Bell and and uh, Larson are already punched in right there, the two race winners for this yeah. final. So, But Blaney and uh, Byron are in the top four. And then you got got uh, you know, some other guys who are going to be scrambling with uh, with Reddick and, and Truex and Hamlin. Hamlin's won. You know, going to Martinsville, he's one to watch. But suddenly he made that bold prediction that it was his year. And um, he hasn't, you know, he's he's behind the below the cut line now. So he'll need to either win the race or, or have some magic in Martinsville, Matt. He's going to get in even to the Final Four. Yeah, I think both our picks this past weekend ended up like 30th and 34th, but they were contending early. Yeah, bad that's racing luck. Yeah, that's just bad racing luck for, for Danny Hamlin. Yeah, Hamlin but, had something break on the track. And remember, Larson uh, ran into Blaney entering pit road. What happened there? Yeah. Was that Blaney's well, fault or Larson's fault? I guess it had to be Larson's fault. He came in too fast, didn't he? Yeah, probably so. Um, they're just overly aggressive and they know all the rules, but they're pushing the envelopes to that absolute max. And that's just exactly what Larson was doing. So it's, uh, it's a tough situation for these veterans like Martin Truex and Denny Hamlin are both fighting to get in the championship. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have thought that, but we'll get the pick later. But, uh, I love this race coming up and, it's kind of odd to see Chris Christopher Bell's the leader of the clubhouse here as they get ready to go to the championship, followed by Larson, Byron, and you are spot on about Blaney. If they don't reverse his DQ, oh, he's done. He's probably <clears throat> he's out. Yeah, he could. Uh, he could. Uh, of course, he's going to be looking to win, but he could uh, very well advance uh, without winning, depending on how it goes. Now that he's up to third, yeah. and um, yeah, it's going to be a that's going to be a heck of a race. I want to ask you about a couple of other drivers. Um, 
One that kind of fallen off uh, after, of course, all the controversy last year. But, you know, a guy that's been quiet for the, about the last half dozen races or so has been Ross Chastain. What happened to him? Golly, you just reminded me of what happened to him at Martinsville last year. Remember oh, yeah, that? that was that was the race right there. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure that's what the point was you were going to get to. Yeah. But, wow, that was so, so cool. You know, and, and you wonder why. Uh, it doesn't seem like track houses just suddenly start being bad at tracks they were good at earlier in the year. You know, that, that's a good question. Uh, really don't know. And others that uh, you're really not that hearing that much from, worse. Kyle Busch, I expected Brad Keselowski to be a little bit more uh, competitive here, but uh, going down the stretch of the final two, we'll uh, we'll see what these guys can work it out. But uh, I'm just kind of sitting here in my brain trying to figure out what the heck did happen to Rod. Yeah, he just kind of he just kind of went. Is, I don't know. He just kind of went quiet. You know, watermelons. Then no, no watermelon's been busted in a while. And you mentioned Keselowski. You know, he's just dying to win a race. I mean, it's it's oh, been a long time for that guy. And the other guy I was going to ask you about, and I've made the comparison to Justin Thomas all year on the PGA Tour, is is uh, is Elliot. It just it never happened for him, Matt. You know, you and I went back and forth. Well, you know, maybe he'll get it back together. And then when it was obvious he wasn't going to uh, make the uh, make the uh, playoffs, we said, well, maybe he still win a race. But I mean, he's just he's a he's a non factor. I mean. <laughs> Don't even. Uh, he's one of the, he's one of those guys relegated to running at the back of the pack now. God, it's amazing. That. Yeah. Meanwhile, the rest the rest of Hendrick Motorsports doing just fine, thank you. But Elliot didn't mark, didn't <clears throat> really challenge a couple road courses maybe after his return. Uh, but he's really God. You hate to say this about a Chase Elliott, a former champion. Did you use the word non-factor? Non-factor is the word I Man, use. Words I use. It's it's really hard to figure out because we know he can get up on the wheel, wheel, and we know that he's got a great team under. Him. Yeah, Rick Hendrick, winning his team owner ever. Yeah, finished fifteenth so, uh, at Homestead. That's just about where he's. You know, you you check the the final standings. Um, every week, and I can't remember. Like you said, might have been one of the road courses. The last time the guy had a top ten. Yeah. Well, uh, it's, it's hard. It's a head scratch. Yeah. Uh, you know what he's going to do now? He's just trying to get through. Now, no, listen, that, could he win at Martinsville in, or Phoenix? Yeah, he could. That's yeah, unlikely, I think. But I, I think in the offseason, that's just that's where you hit the reset button. And, and you know, I think when you look at that team, it all starts with him, though. It's it's If they've had an off year, you know, like you said, he's with too good an organization, too good a crew chief, too good a team. This is this is on Chase Elliott, you know, from the injury to, uh, you know, the attitude that he seemed to have about it, you know, not really having any regret. I, I imagine if I'm Rick Hendrick, I'm having a talk with him and just saying, hey, man, you got to get back and uh, you're too talented, you're too good. But the margin for error out here is slim, and you got to be committed to this 100%. So I imagine they'll be having a little visit here once they get through the season. Well, I think so. And, you know, uh, in their case, Napa, sure, their spokesperson would like to see their 200-mile-an-hour billboard up front a little bit more. So there are a lot of factors in here, and I don't know if he'll decide not to. When it happened, he certainly showed no... 
Yeah, no remorse for getting injured mm -hmm. on the snowboard. He sure didn't. Never did. Never uh, did. Never did back off no. of that. Never said. No. He continued to say, "I'm going to live my life, and I've I've got a life outside of outside of racing, which is true, and which he should." But I think after you have an injury like that, that is directly related to your off the track life, and you impact others too. It isn't just him. Yeah, he impacts others. People exactly. You know, and and you're and you don't have any. He didn't handle that well. He came across as an arrogant. You know, arrogant little little punk. Little little. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He he did. But you you're you're making the point I was just gonna try and make and that's uh you know, you want to be that footloose and fancy free guy when you're not making a living behind the wheel. But a lot of people are dependent on you. You know, yeah. not just your family. I mean you got hundreds of people yeah. dependent on you. So maybe in the off season he'll put down the <clears throat> snowboard get on board yeah uh, oh and you know what fans need him fans want him back oh they absolutely do he's yeah yeah, yeah. So, well maybe he'll win maybe he'll win board. sunday martinsville's a good track for him as, out, as are most of these tracks but uh you got the first pick this week you lead us off and uh where are you going with it oh god i am i'm going back and forth and obviously the way i'm stammering here i haven't even made my pick but i know he's won a couple of races here over the last few years and he really has to win it because he's outside he's uh past the bowl i'm gonna go with martin Truex jr how about you well martin Truex jr you're right he's 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 good really good at this track and since 2020 he's had two wins four top fives um so I think that's a heck of a pick, and he was so unhappy on Sunday. So, uh, right. yeah, I like your I like I like your pick a lot. You know, I, I think that I think Ryan Blaney feels like this is his year in terms of finally seriously contending, but I don't think this has been a particularly good track for him. And um, you know, he he a win would punch his ticket automatically, but he could still get through even if somebody outside the top four wins the race. Um, he could still get punched through on points if he runs real well. So I know he's going to be looking. They'll be checking the points the whole the whole time. Um, what what's what's Hamlin done at Martinsville? Um, oh, he has. He oh, he's had a couple of wins. I had it pulled up here a minute ago. Let me see if I can find it again. But uh, he's had at least two wins here recently. Well, let me go with Hamlin then, even though you know I don't like the guy because if you're going to play the Truex card. Um, yeah. Then I'm gonna play the Hamlin card because odds are for those both those drivers really they probably need to win the race to make it into the final four. And so if you'll t if you're gonna take Truex, I'll go with the other veteran. And uh, you know Hamlin made after his last win. You know he made that bold pronouncement that it's our year, and now he's on the cusp of missing the final four. So I'll take a flyer on Denny Hamlin just because I really don't know where else to go here. Uh, I'm trying to look up real quick for you. Actually, Hamlin had one here in a while. Yeah, that's the thing. I've got, like I said, I've got the stats from from the past uh, since 2020, and he's got uh, he's got three top fives, uh, but no no wins in the last seven races. There, uh, he um, won back in uh, 15. Uh, but you know, it's crunch time, and a guy like that's going to do what? And I mean, with uh, with the 11 driver, he will he'll turn Logano on you. Tell, let me tell, let me can I can I do uh, Jeff Payton's tracking our can I do an about face here? Can I change my pick? 
Of course you can. I, 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 yeah, I'm, I, I missed on Blaney. He actually has a, he, I don't know if he's ever won here, but he's had the last seven races, he's had four top fives and five top tens. So he's been, he's been in the, he's been in contention to win. Um, and he's top seven, seven, last seven races, he's got seven top 20. So he's been in the top, for worst fishes, he's been in the top 20 every time. He's got uh, five top tens and four top fives. I don't know how I overlooked that. So I'll go with Blaney because Blaney is, um, they've been really consistent and he's uh, right there and he punches his ticket with a win and, um, He's been close at, at Martinsville, so I'll, I'm gonna and I'm not a fan of. It'd be hard for me to pull for Hamlin anyway, because I don't, I don't, you know, I don't care for the guy. So I'd, I'd rather pull for Blaney. So I'll pick Blaney. All right. Well, I think yeah, Gary, the uh, our man Jeff Payton's already put the pick. Well, up. I know I'm Jeff. Kidding. If you're listening, I listen. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. No, no, he has. Yeah, he's already sent it to me. He already had Martinsville picks: Matt Martin Truex Jr., Gary Denny Hamlin. Yeah, but, I know. We're Xing that one out, Jeff. If you're listening, I'm I'm going with Blaney. Now that and that will guarantee that will guarantee that Diddy Hamlin wins the race. How about that? Oh, <clears throat> the way it's gone for me. Yeah. So you lead in winners four to two. So I'd have to win. I'd have to pick this race right and the championship race right to even tie you. So well, uh, but it's still we, we have neither one of us had exactly a banner year. In fact, a lot of times this year we picked a guy and he DNF. I know we had some bad luck, but well, all right, Jeff, anyway. make that make that change. I'm going. I'm I'm on the Blaney train. I'm on. Uh, I'm on. I'm on. I'm on with uh, Pinsky and and uh, Jeff. Jeff hears me because he's typing it in right now. So we don't do that. But I don't know how I overlooked that. I pulled. Like I said, I pulled up and I and I saw Elliot's had a good run there and and um, and we talked about Truex Jr. and I was like, well, where's Blaney and I just overlooked him, but then when I saw where he's in the last seven races, there he is. His driving average is second behind Joey Logano, who also doesn't wow. have a, a win in the last seven races. But Logano's average finish is four point seven. Blaney's is five point seven. Then Chase Elliott is seven point seven. And Truex Jr. even with the two wins, is his average finish over the last seven races has been ten point four. Oh. Gee, now I want to change my No, pick. but he's got two wins in the last seven races, yeah, too. Yeah, he does. Yeah, does. So that's, and that's, that's the main thing. We yeah. want to get him to play. Speaking of guys who just really hadn't heard a lot from him, you just name one. Joey Logano. I mean, quiet. Had that one win. How and, long ago was that? Yeah, quiet, quiet year for him. Listen, it's been, it's been, we, you know, we really could have a final four of all the young guns. I mean, if, if, if Truex yep. doesn't win and, and uh, Hamlin doesn't win. This could be all the 20-something-year-old drivers. I mean, it's been, you know, Kevin Harvick's final season. He hasn't won. So, you know, Keselowski hasn't won in two years. Kyle Busch is not there. Um, yeah, man, it's been – the young guns are starting to take over, except for except for yeah. Chase. <laughs> he, he dropped back. Yeah. All right, tough. Matt, good stuff. Favorite. What's coming up on Big hey. Noon Sports? Uh, Jess Spiegel will join us. 3340. Of course, we'll continue talking some Alabama football, but we're going to talk some World Series now. Gary, I don't know if you predicted this, but nobody did. I don't know many people that did. Uh, what a great series it's going to be, and I'm just glad the Phillies aren't in it. Don't get me started there. Anyway, in our podcast, Twister.fm, Gary, thank you. Thank you, Tuscaloosa, TVC, and Tide 100.9. Thank you, Matt. All right, Matt Coulter with the NASCAR Report. It's 9.50 here on the Gary Harris Show. And um, 
The YMCA of Tuscaloosa is here for you every day, seven days a week. They're open uh, seven days a week. It's a great community of people, a great facility. I worked out in there yesterday. I just love the place, man. They've got an outdoor workout area now, too, which is tremendous. Um, both the dressing rooms, the men and the women, they keep them spotless, sanitized. Just a great place. Get by and see them. Uh, 2300 13th Street downtown. 205-345-9622 is the phone number or the website, ymcatuscaloosa.org. And don't forget, they got terrific personal training available. That, uh, that's the way to go for some people. Help get you over the hump. All right, we'll be back with the final segment. We're open for phone calls uh, in the last segment of the first hour on the First Domain hot Condos Hotline 205-342-9904. We're back after this. Join Tide 100.9 this Friday from 12... Haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Another warm day today. Lots of sunshine, the high 82. Tonight, fair with the low at 61. For tomorrow and Thursday, we stay warm and we stay dry. The sky partly to mostly sunny both days. Highs between 81 and 84. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 67 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. For Alabama sports. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, 954. I was telling Justin during the break, uh, we're going to pick it up in the second hour, man. We're going to get going. I, I I guess it's a bye week for me, too. I've been I've been kind of running through quicksand this morning, just trying to get going. We had a good segment with Matt Coulter on NASCAR, but... Uh, I have uh, I've been off my game a little bit. I can feel it, but we'll pick it up in the second hour. One reason is we got Joseph Hastings, Hastings coming up at ten thirty with the Bama recruiting report. We're going to get football and basketball in there. Also, we're going to get that Nick Saban audio uh, from Monday at the uh, Monday Morning Quarterback Club over in Birmingham. He met with the media prior to his speaking engagement, and we've got that for you that we didn't get to run yesterday. I'm going to run that in the second hour. And, uh, of course, we'll take some more of your phone calls. Had a lot of phone calls Monday and Tuesday. Uh, boy, they coming in. with Slow down a little bit. Don't, you know, don't slow down. Get back on the phones with me in this second hour. Get me going a little bit. I'm, you know, I guess it is. It's just the bye week. I mean, we've had eight straight weeks of Alabama football nonstop. And now, all of a sudden, you get a, you get a situation where um, Jeff Payton is letting me know he's uh, going to change Blaney for me for my picks. So, as I said, that'll guarantee the, the way it's going for me. That'll guarantee that Hamlin wins my, my previous pick that I X'd out. But uh, Jeff's on top of that. But I, I think eight straight weeks of Alabama football, you got plenty of content. And then you kind of hit um, a week where you don't have a game. And uh, <laughs> I guess it's impacted me this morning. But we're going to pick it up in the second hour, I promise you. I'm going to dive into, you know, yesterday I kind of told you where, I, you know, Alabama's at and how – I think this has been a, a great coaching job by Nick Saban to navigate this season, to get this team to 7-1 and one overall and 5-0 and oh in the SEC. But it is going to be about finishing the drill. And that uh, game against uh, LSU is, is going to be the game. I mean, because if Alabama wins that game, again, I'll say what I said yesterday, it's not hard to figure out that if you win that game, you go to 6-0 and oh in the SEC, 
you will have head-to-head wins over LSU and Ole Miss. Basically, um, you know, that's going to punch your ticket. <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, you know, maybe not mathematically 100%, but if Alabama wins that game a week from Saturday night, they're going to Atlanta. So that's that's the game for Alabama, and it's going to be a tough one. Uh, we've talked about it this week. We'll talk a ton about it next week. But this LSU offense, I just, I mean, I tell you, I knew they were good. I had not watched them a ton, but watching them in the second half against Missouri and then watching how they dismantled Auburn, a team that's been decent on defense, I'm like, wow. And, and Jaden Daniels, he's next level now. He's a Heisman candidate. So it's going to be a big challenge for the Crimson Tide. All right, it's going to wrap it up for the first hour. It's been brought to you by Alabama Credit Union, member-owned and not-for-profit. It's just a better way of banking. Find out more at alabamacu.com. We'll come back with the second hour. Joseph Hastings with the Bama Recruiting Report at 1030. We'll hear from Nick Saban, his Monday morning comments at the uh, Birmingham Monday Morning Quarterback Club. Hopefully we'll get some of your phone calls on the First Domain Condos hotline. And uh, much more. Hour number two is coming up right here on the Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. A psoriasis tree has evolved. It will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and 3 special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m., get a meat and 3 vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch soup, salad, or sandwich combo. I'll see you at the free. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprise come your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Nick Cope. Another rookie quarterback is set to make his debut in the NFL this weekend. NFL media reporting the Titans are preparing Will Levis to start with Ryan Tannehill nursing an ankle injury. NFL media reports the Rams are working out a group of kickers today, which includes longtime Packer Mason Crosby. In college football, reports say Army is joining the American Athletic Conference as a football-only member for next fall. The Army-Navy game will continue to be played on the second weekend in December and will be a non-conference game. In baseball, the Diamondbacks beat the Phillies 4-2 in Game 7 of the NLCS to reach the World Series for the second time in franchise history. Series begins Friday night in Arlington. And in the NBA, multiple reports say James Harden has returned to the 76ers for practice today after a 10-day absence ahead of their season opener tomorrow night against Milwaukee. Always live. Always local. Dependable news coverage. The latest news, only from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom.
A fire alert is now in effect for all of Alabama. In addition, a no-burn order has been issued for 32 counties, including all of West Alabama. Republican voters have selected Northport Attorney Brian Brennark to face Democrat Fayette County Commissioner John Underwood in the January special general election for House District 16. Brennark took 52% of the vote from Brad Cox in yesterday's special GOP primary. And UA has partnered with Alabama Power and Mercedes to develop new ways to use electric vehicle batteries. The latest local news in Tuscaloosa. Alabama Sports Updates. And severe weather information. Download the free Tuscaloosa Threat app. Never pay for your news. And sign up for our daily newsletter with news updates. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Here we go, hour number two of the Gary Harris Show right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Gary Harris, Justin Jones with you for another hour. We've got the, the Bama recruiting report coming up with Joseph Hastings from Bama Online on three sports at 1030. We'll hear from Nick Saban in this hour, and uh, we'll get to some phone calls here in just a moment with Tom. But right now, I need to tell you, this hour of the Gary Harris Show being brought to you by Patterson Comer, attorneys at law. Patterson Comer is dedicated to serving our clients. Integrity and excellence are the driving force behind the firm and its staff. I can vouch for that. I know these uh, gentlemen personally. Of course, Paul joins us in studio every couple of weeks for uh, a free legal segment. Paul is in Tuscaloosa at 205-345-1000. Mike Comer's in Northport at 205-759-3939. If you need a personal injury attorney, I can vouch for these guys, and you need to get in touch with them. And you can uh, also find out more at PattersonComerLawFirm.com. Patterson Comer's Attorneys at Law. The commitment to serve our clients does not stop. At the end of the workday, we're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. PattersonComerLawFirm.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. And we got a lot of loyal listeners on this program. One of them is certainly Tom, and, and I think Tom uh, knows me pretty well. And when I'm running in quicksand, he'll usually call call and bail me out, pull me out of the quicksand. So Tom's with us on the First of Main Condos hotline. Tom, I'm struggling today. You've listened to me enough to know when I'm not on my game. And that first hour, I was a little bit off. So you're going you're gonna to pump me up and get me going, I guess. Good morning, Gary. How are you, buddy? Yeah, like I said, been been running in quicksand a little bit this morning. Well, just can't hey, just can't Gary, get it going, well, pal. See, out here where we are, we wouldn't know that. Uh, you think that, and you probably don't feel like you're at the top of the game, but you're coming through loud and clear, and you're coming through uh, very well. Well, thanks, and, thanks. Uh, 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 it, it's not always what what you feel is what we hear. We we hear what we uh, what we normally hear, and uh, and I don't think I can ever remember when you wasn't on your game. You're <laughs> yeah, you're probably right as far as the way it comes across. But I know when I'm off a little bit. And uh, yesterday and mo- Monday and Tuesday, I thought were awesome shows. I mean, they were just kicking. Never, but today kind of uh, just hadn't felt like I've been been hitting well, it. You know, it's interesting. Uh, my granddaughter uh, does uh, events. She she's kind of an event person. She, her home is a wedding venue, and she does events. This, that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, she's an event coordinator. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, but uh, she does some really nice work. And, and I've noticed over the 
last couple of years since she's been doing this, she will put on a, a very good event, right? Mm-hmm. And after that, she's kind of like manic depressed. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> because it, it gets so crazy trying to do one of those things, and you're so busy. And then when you pull it off, you feel so good. that There's nothing to do but go down, right? And uh, and so uh, uh, that that that's kind of probably the way it is in broadcasting when you when you do some shows and back to back, and they're very good. You know, it's, it's going to come a time when uh, everything's not right there at that level. You would know it, but we. My point is, we don't. Well, and, I appreciate uh, you saying that. So we're gonna have a we're gonna have a really good second hour, though. So, and as I said earlier, you know, it's the bye week for Alabama football. I guess being kind of a bye week for me. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, really it, is. It, it is it is odd in this business, which you know, and you know, as we've talked about, you like the fact that I talk. Major League Baseball and NBA and NFL. In fact, I'll mention the NBA getting underway uh, last night in a minute. But but it's still everything's kind of built around Alabama football. And we've had eight straight weeks of Alabama football. Then suddenly you get to a week yeah. and you don't have a game. And it's like, right. well, you can't, you know, you can't just lean on Alabama football as much when, when they're off. So, but uh, but yeah. I appreciate you saying that. Uh, but the reason I called was uh, the uh, – Yesterday, I brought up the basketball team, right? You did, and Drew and, and I uh, covered it pretty pretty well and, for and, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, But I was going to point out to everybody that might be interested, Nick Kelly's got an uh, article on the uh, basketball scrimmage, and, I mean, it is some outstanding intel that he was able to get his hands on and uh, wrote a very good article uh, in the Tuscaloosa News. Of course, I get the news... Uh, uh, you know, dot com, and uh, I, and I was going to say uh, it'd be good if anybody that's interested in seeing an update on the basketball team, it's there. Yeah, and, I saw uh, that too on social media. I haven't read it yet, but yeah, Nick does a good job, and I could tell he. It was fantastic. Good. I thought it was so thorough, and uh, and and anybody that's desiring to know where we are at this point in time is that. Uh, a good article to look into, but uh, you know I'm really encouraged by what uh, uh, what little bit of video I saw of the team, and uh, uh, encouraged by what he wrote as to what our chances are to having a very good uh, successful season. Well, I'll read that myself because I enjoy Nick's work, and I had seen it out uh, as I said on social media this morning, and didn't have time to read it, but I but I certainly will. And looking forward to the season. I think we all are, and I think we're excited about what Oates is is uh, the juice that he's brought to this program. Disappointed. I mean, I'm disappointed that that one of those two championship teams that he had didn't make it to the Final Four. Uh, they, they both were they both were good enough. You know, two years ago they. Or three years ago, you know, the, the, the game against UCLA could have gone either way. They lost that one in overtime, and UCLA went to the Final Four. And then last year, as you and I have discussed ad nauseum, uh, Brandon Miller had the worst three-game stretch of the season oh, yeah. in those three NCAA tournament games. If he just has an average game against San Diego State, and that's not to take anything away from them, but they weren't as good as Alabama. But, if he, but Gary, look, think about this. When you get to that point in the season, in the tournament, right? Mm-hmm. Those, you know, they're seeing what we're seeing. They, they, they're going, you know, so goes Brandon Middle and so goes Alabama. And and uh, so they go all out to, to, you know, put. And then you got the athletes and the players, uh, in, in the case of San Diego State, 
you got the experience to do something about it. Oh, a very like experienced that. team. You know, we discussed yeah. that. And, the and, one and, thing that worried me about that team, and we saw it with Tennessee's defense this past weekend. Tennessee had seven, I think they had nine seniors on that defense. Six or seven of those right. guys were like 23, 24 years old. San Diego Correct. State had a bunch of those guys that had played, some of them, six Good years point. of college basketball. They were grown yeah. men. And you got grown Brandon Miller and, and Clowney, yeah. and and these guys are really talented players, but they're young guys. Yeah. And, I, yeah, that kind of maturity, uh, it factors in. You get in that NCAA tournament, you're going to run well, into some teams. I'll tell you what, uh, two against UCLA a year before, uh, it, it wasn't necessarily uh, the experience. I mean, it was experience, but not the age. Uh, but uh, Cronin, is, if you go up against him, I'm telling you now, he's a freaking coach. Yeah, you know he's, an, he's an X's and O's guy. He can, he can, he can really come up with a plan um he's a he's a really good coach i uh, i'm i'm with you in game cronin is uh is one of the best i i don't think he's quite at the level recruiting that a nate oates is no but i think no, in in, in game uh yeah he's he's one of the best around but yeah that, that's but that's I, I tell you what though can you believe though at ucla that he's got a bunch of kids that plays the hard nose you know he's hard nose oh they're he's tough yeah and, and at UCLA, he's got them playing exactly how he is. And that is bloody your freaking nose and, and physical and everything else like that. Yeah, they're a hard-nosed basketball team. You're right. You think of the, you know, uh, UCLA, you think of fast-paced, tons of athletes, yeah, glamorous program. But they're a blue-collar. Yeah. That's a blue-collar program now with him. Yeah, they, 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 they not not illegal. I'm not saying that, but they're the down and dirty Rodman type. Yeah, they're tough. I'm with you. They're tough. They're a hard team. They're a hard team to play against. You know, that's the way he's always been everywhere he's coached. And he took that to UCLA and they've had success with it. Yeah. Gary, uh, glad to talk to you. Love the show. Take care, buddy. Appreciate you, Tom. Really, really do. All right, let's keep it going on the first of Maine Condos hotline. I asked for calls and you guys have responded. Let's get to Lewis. Hey, Lewis, what's up, man? Hey Gary, are you saying you had a first half like Bama? Yeah, I, I that's that's exactly that's a great that is a great <laughs> parallel. I'm coming back in the second half and outscoring my opposition twenty seven to nothing because in the first half go. I had a fir- I had an Alabama versus Tennessee first half in that first hour and uh, just you know I I just couldn't get it going but uh, I'm ready now and and you guys are helping out with the phone calls yeah that's a great uh, that's a great analogy that's exactly what I had just couldn't get it Gary you're you're a professional. We didn't, we didn't even notice that, but we're rocking on. It's, it's, it's all good. You know what? Alabama is so lucky to have Will Rackard. Uh, it, it, with all the trouble we had through the years with kick, kickers, and I, we've had some great ones, but we've had some Oh, we've had, we've had some games that flat out if we'd had – if we listen, and this is nothing against Cade Foster or anybody during that time, but there was a three year stretch there, and I've talked about it a lot. Um, you know, 11, 12, and, and, and 13, uh, that Alabama shouldn't have lost a game. You know, and, and the, uh, you know, Cade Foster missed five field goals in that 2011 game against LSU, the 9 6 overtime game. Uh, they win that game. In 2012, uh, that was the Johnny Manziel game. You know, an oppor- there was a couple opportunities there where they missed field goals. Of course, at the end of the game, they botched it down there on the goal line. And then in 13, uh, in the kick six game, he struggled to make field goals in that game. And the one field goal that he made that was big, remember, they took it off the board for that illegal procedure, and the next one got blocked. So no, and I then, and then Gary, 
Yeah, that's you're right. That's brutal. And I'm not picking on the young man, but what about 2017? Uh, Tua gets us all the way down for a makeable field goal, and and we missed it. I, I thought right then, man. The, well, you know the what was so bad. What was so bad about that? And 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 the little kicker's name that that uh, that that. That missed it. I can't. I can't. Somebody out there listening, call. But yeah, and you're right. Alabama should have won that game in regulation. They set it up, and he had yep. it in the middle of the field. But I had. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be honest with you. I had, and I shouldn't say this, but I had zero confidence that he was gonna make that field goal. And remember, he missed that field goal so bad that <laughs> he didn't get didn't get him about six feet off the ground. If he'd have kicked it straight, it would have it would have hit somebody in the back. But he remember he pulled it so bad to the left that it kind of missed everybody, and including the line of scrimmage. And I mean, that was that was that was a kick where you saw the result of nerves on that kick. And yep. I think everybody at yep. that point said. Alabama cannot let this thing come down to a field going over time. They got to score a touchdown. And then Rodrigo Blankenship, the Georgia kicker, remember Alabama came out on defense in that uh, uh, overtime and did a great job. I can't remember who it was that got the big sack, but uh, got a sack. And remember, uh, Rodrigo Blankenship hit a 51-yarder. Remember that to give them the three-point yes, lead? Yes, I remember. Absolutely. Yeah, it was wild. Well, let me ask you this. Will Rackard is within – what is it, about 35 points? Somewhere there, 35, 40 points. Yeah, if Alabama has a decent uh, stretch here offensively and then gets into, you know, the playoff or a bowl game, he's going to have a he's gonna have a good crack to become the NCAA all-time leading scorer. I know. that That's great. I don't know much about how uh, how they draft kickers. Now, an outstanding kicker, I imagine – could he be a second or third round? Yeah, very rarely. Very, very, that. very, yeah. very rarely. There have been examples in 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 history of of uh, you know Ray Guy was taken in the first round as a punter by uh, by the Raiders. Um, I think the guy's name maybe was Russell Erksleben that got drafted by the Saints, and and um, and maybe there's been a kicker or two. That, but usually, you know, even the best of kickers are either drafted late or not drafted at all. And one reason Reichard came back, and I've talked about a lot of the negatives of NIL, but, you know, Reichard had put his name in for the Senior Bowl last year. But the one reason he came yeah. back was I think he caught with Coach Saban about, you know, some chance to do something special this year like you're talking about. And then also the fact that because kickers – have a hard time getting drafted and he got, you know, he was getting some NIL money. So that allowed him to come back for this year. And you're right. He is, uh, he's been phenomenal. He has not missed a field goal, knock on wood. I mean, he is through eight games. He's been perfect, including that 50 yarder uh, on Saturday against Tennessee. And if there's a kicker that's, that's going to be drafted, he's, he's one of those guys, but yeah, kickers generally just, uh, they just don't get, they don't get drafted high going to make some good money in the NFL, Gary, whether or not it's a hot... Don't you think he'll, he'll be on a team next year? Don't oh, you think? I'd be shocked if he's not. I mean, I I, I think he that did. he's as, you know, he and that kid at Arkansas uh, are, you know, they're as fine a kicker as there is in the country. And and right now, like I said, a knock on wood, because I don't want to jinx the guy, I mean, you're talking about a kicker, Will Rocker, that's perfect this year. I mean, he's perfect. He hasn't missed a kick. I mean, he hasn't missed a field goal or an extra point. And we're eight games through the season. I mean, that's phenomenal. And it's not like they're just running him out there kicking 30 yarders. I mean, like I said, he kicked a 50 yarder on Saturday. So, um, yeah, he's been he's been absolutely as good as it gets. That 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 
that had to fit, that had to feel sweet after that Tennessee game last year. Gary, I hope he's kicking in the playoffs. Love the show, man. Thank you, Lewis. Yeah, Will Reichert again. Uh, I'm glad Lewis called in. And you know, you think about kickers, and uh, you know when you've got a good one, uh, it is absolutely. Um, something that you shouldn't take for granted because it's hard to find a guy that that you just I mean Alabama knows like we talked about Alabama's seen it where how big a deal kicking can be and now you got you know maybe the finest kicker in the country and um it's just uh yeah I, I'm right um uh, Russell Erksleben was drafted I would I was I, I knew that Ray Guy was but Russell Erksleben was drafted number 11 overall by the Saints and um coming out of coming out of Texas and that's just unheard of for a kicker and um it was drafted 11th overall I think he might have kicked and punted um he did he did both and of course Ray Guy was strictly a punter but he was drafted in the first round but it's a short list of kickers and punters drafted in the first round now I'm curious about it let's see if I can find it uh NFL kickers and punters drafted in the first round I'm putting it in as we speak that's pretty good knowledge, though, by my for me to know Ray Guy and Russell Erksleben were both drafted in the first round. I think Pete Gogolak was drafted in the first round, too, believe it or not, way, way back in the day. NFL kickers and punter drafted in the first round. Again, I'm not bragging, but I'll put my NFL knowledge from the 70s and 80s just about up against anybody. Uh, yeah, I forgot about Steve Little out of Arkansas. He was drafted. Uh, now, this is drafted kickers. Uh, Steve Little, first round out of Arkansas. Russell Erksleben, first round out of Texas. And Sebastian Janikowski, that's right, out of Florida State. He was drafted in 2000 in the first round uh, by the Raiders. So those are a list of kickers. And then, uh, yeah, it was Charlie Gogolak. He was drafted, um, not Pete Gogolak, who's another former NFL player, but Charlie Gogolak was drafted um, in the first round back in 1966. So... You've got, um, that's it. Those are the only kickers ever drafted in the first round of the National Football League. You had Charlie Gogolak, 1966, by the Redskins, and the sixth overall pick. Steve Little, by the Cardinals, 1978, 15th overall. Russell Erksleben, the next year, uh, by the Saints, 11th overall. Sebastian Janikowski, by the Raiders, in the first round, number 22 overall. That's it for first-round kickers. All right, let me see first-round punters, because I think there may be a few more of those. Um, obviously, Ray Guy was the one that jumped to mind for me. Punters out of Southern Mississippi by the Raiders. He was maybe the best ever. Punters drafted in the first round. Let's see who we got here. All right, Ray Guy comes. He's the first one that pops up. Let's see. How many has a punter? Let's see. Wasn't there also another guy from FSU recently? Uh, Aguayo, right? Um, he, wasn't, he wasn't a kicker taken in the first round. It wasn't? No, I, I read you off the list. Uh, he might have been drafted. I mean... Double check it, unless that was an outdated list. I read off the four kickers who were drinking in the first round. I mean, you can check it. but um, And as I said, when it comes to punters, Erksleben punted and kicked. So technically, he was a punter taken in the first round. Um, but as of 2022, there were only 23 punters in the history of the NFL that had been drafted, period. Um, 
So not just in the first round. One of those punters that was drafted, I think, might have been McAfee, but I'm not sure. What did you find out on the kicker for Florida State? Second round. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I did. I, but anyway, it's rare for a punter or a kicker to be drafted really, really high. But listen, if I'm a, if I'm an NFL team and I need a kicker, I'm certainly going to look at drafting Will Reichard somewhere. I got to get to the break. I've got I got on this punter and kicker tangent, and it's ten twenty one. So we'll take the break and come back and uh, get back on time, and uh, then we'll get to the recruiting report at ten thirty. And I still want to try to get some of that Nick Saban video uh, audio in in the lab. Maybe we'll run a little bit of that in the next segment. We'll be back after this. This Alabama football. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Another warm day today. Lots of sunshine, the high 82. Tonight, fair with the low at 61. For tomorrow and Thursday, we stay warm and we stay dry. The sky partly to mostly sunny both days. Highs between 81 and 84. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 69 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Roll Tide, the best sports talk, period. Your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Ten twenty four. Welcome back in to the Gary Harris Show here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. I got off on that uh, tangent about kickers and punters uh, after, you know, we were talking about Will Rockard. And I do think Will Rockard could be drafted. I do. I It's, as I said, four kickers only in the history of the NFL that have been drafted in the first round. And uh, Ray Guy is the only first-round punter that I can document um, that I've at this point. All right, I mentioned the kicker that missed the kick in the national championship game against George that would have won it in regulation, and we would have never had second 26. And uh, it, and somebody called in and said, it's Joseph Bullivus. It was not Bullivus. I knew it wasn't. And I couldn't remember the young man's name, but he, for from Montgomery, I looked it up. He remember he transferred in from Ole Miss. Andy Papanastos is the one that is the kicker that missed that kick. The 36-yarder is regulation uh, time expired that would have won it in regulation for Alabama. Then they went to the overtime. Uh, Blankenship hit that 51-yarder. Alabama was down um, three points. And then the first down play at the 25, Tua took the 16-yard sack. So it was second and 26. And the rest is history. Hit Devontae Smith for a 41-yard touchdown in Alabama one in in memorable fashion. But they should have won it in regulation. I mean, Papanastos had a middle of the field goal, middle of the field kick, and I mean, he missed it about as bad as you could miss a kick. But he did a decent job that year. But talking about Bolivus, Bolivus was a highly recruited kicker who later transferred out. Bolivus though was the kicker that missed that kick late in the 2019 Iron Bowl that hit the upright. Uh, and Alabama should have won that game. <clears throat> they should have won that game by two or three touchdowns. I'm remembering too. Didn't Papanasas hit a he hit like a 51 yarder against LSU that year? In in what was a close game? He had some moments. Yeah, he had some moments. Like I said, he he had started his career at Ole Miss, and uh, he um, transferred to Alabama and and did some good things. But that was that period where you know Alabama was going through um, you know kickers quite regularly and he he did a decent job but i remember in that um in that national championship game i and i hate to say this but i had no confidence that he was going to make that field goal late in that game but um but he did some good things and um you know but now to get back to our point about will reichard alabama has not had a kicking issue for the last four years i mean the guy has just been absolutely phenomenal and uh, he's he's as good as there is in the country, and 
it's reassuring when you put a guy out there like Reichard who you feel confident that um, you know he's gonna he's gonna make every field goal that he attempts. Now he did miss the one at Tennessee last year, and he has said that bothered him, and and um, he doesn't take that lightly. But he didn't miss that fifty yarder, and at the time that was a big field goal that he hit on on Saturday. So kickers and punters, you don't you know you kind of take them for granted until you don't have a good one, and we've seen it with Alabama. It's cost Alabama wins before, but right now with. Uh, Riker and I got to give Burnup a lot of credit too. When they first brought him over here, um, you know, he's from that Australian kicker line, punter line, and you know, his first year he struggled, and but boy, he has been good this year. He's had one or two bad punts that I can remember, but for the most part, he has been solid. All right, ten twenty-eight. We're going to get to the break, and when we come back, we're going to get the latest Bama football and basketball recruiting news with. Joseph Hastings from BamaOnline.com, part of the On3 Sports Network. A lot to cover on both the gridiron and the hardwood. And we'll do it next with Joseph Hastings right here on the Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Have you?